Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. My name is Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And today we have a solo episode, but we have a very interesting discussion. But before we get started, we're going to do Patreon shout outs. As we always do. You know Welcome the Welcome to Feeling Asian. We have a Patreon Long story short, if you like the podcast, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Any donation amount goes a long way, but at the very least, you receive a shout out on the podcast where Youngmi and I guess who you are based on your name alone. I want to say if you put in a certain amount, you get to hang out with us once a month in our Zoom happy hours. Next month, it's going to be in real life. So... Come on, everyone. Don't you want to hang out with me and Brian in real life with my BO and everything? (laughs) (laughs) Just to give you, just to give our listeners a little teaser, we've had two exclusive Zoom Patreon hangouts. Yeah. And the first one, Youngmi brought up BO. And the second one, Youngmi brought up BO again. (laughs) And all of our wonderful patrons had to remind Youngmi. You brought this up the last time. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I like B.O. God, I got to stop talking. I'm like disgusting myself at this point. <laughs> All right, young Lee, are you tapped into your psychic abilities? I had a, a coffee, so I'm ready. Our first shout out for this episode goes out to Jess Labrador. Jess Labrador. Jess Jess is a choice too. You know, I always say this because it's short for Jessica, right? Jess. I'm laughing. (laughs) Oh, so (laughs) Jess is the choice, not, not Labrador. Labrador is a last name. So you you don't have a choice, but Jess is short for Jessica. Labrador. I'm I'm pretty sure that's their real last name. Whoa. I thought it was a stage name. Hmm. I don't think you would choose Labrador as your stage name, right? Because it has such like strong dog connotations. Yeah, which is fine, but like it's kind of distracting as a stage name. Oh no. What if they did choose it as a stage name and we're just grilling them right now? uh, Well, you know, there's still time to change it. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. There's nothing wrong with the name Labrador, but I'm just saying you wouldn't choose that because it, right? Like if you chose a last name and it was like, Burger King or so. I was like, why would I choose? You know what I mean? Right. I don't think I've ever met anyone with the last name Labrador. I like, I'm going to guess she, that's her stage name. I'm feeling that Jess might not be straight like mm. me. And because it's pride month. <laughs> <laughs> Jess only is gay during pride month. I'm just kidding. Um, that's a joke. In honor um, of pride on feeling Asian, we're going to guess that all of our patrons are not straight. Not, don't identify as straight. Mm. I don't know. That's my vibe. And you know what? I have to say that we never bring that up when we do the Patreon shout outs. And I feel like that's an oversight on our part because there's so many, so many of us Asians and non-Asians are not straight, you know? I love how on our own podcast, we are chastising ourselves. ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We're homophobic. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Um, I'm going to guess that Jess Labrador, queer, singer-songwriter. Yep. Yep. Me too. Acoustic guitar. Yes. Extremely emotional song lyrics. I think it's a good stage name. Even if it has the association with the dog breed. I don't think it's a stage name. 
I think Labrador hey guys, is like Labrador. a name. Isn't isn't the Labrador dog from a region? I think that it's like uh, it's like a place, Labrador. I'm I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming because I think a lot of dogs have like the name of where they're from, right? Isn't that yeah? A big that thing? is true. That is yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. Well, Jess, let us know. And if it is a stage name, please don't change it. Our second <laughs> shout out for this episode goes out to Adrian Lipson. Adrian Lipson, also not straight. Mm. Happy Pride, everyone. Adrian, Adrian Lipson, is my favorite name. I had a She sounds like a lifeguard. Adrian, yes. And I'm guessing that this person identifies as male. It's A D R I A N, right? Well, it's spelled the other way. Oh, it is? Well, then I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in honor of pride. I'm misgendering everybody. I am canceled. <laughs> Actually, I'm not getting any strong gender vibes, Adrian, but I just, it's just a hot Why name not? all around. Lifeguard, Lifeguard for sure. Muscular Lifeguard shoulders. Sure. Yeah. Very hot. I'm seeing hair again. I see hair a lot in my psychic abilities. The hair is very thick and dark and like sexy, shiny, dark. You're just describing Asian hair. hair. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, what a crazy guess on the Feeling Asian podcast. (laughs) No, because like there's all different kinds of Asian hair, you know, there's like, and then there's some people that have like really thick dark hair you know the different types of asian hair range from thick straight black hair to (laughs) thick curly black hair (laughs) you know who has the sexiest hair out of all asians um like the people that are like japanese but they're like mixed like okinawans you know they're like really do you know what i'm talking about I have like no really, idea what you're talking about. There's like a there's like a region of Japan where the Japanese uh-huh. like like the East Asian people like thousands of years ago when they went there mixed with the indigenous people and the indigenous oh. people were like like had like a little hairier. So mm. it's like people that live in Okinawa and they look sexy, but they're like hairier. And I, I'm a big hairy, you know, fan, so Oh, I feel like okay. This is, that's Adrian's. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to check it out after this podcast. And by that logic, Adrian Lipson's stage name is Adrian Okinawa. Nice. That sounds like a porn name. Adrian Okinawa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our last shout out for this episode goes out to it's a one namer, Maki. M A K I? Yeah. I'm going to guess that Maki is from Okinawa and has yes. sexy, sexy. Illustri- has a sexy, illustrious mane. Oh, but Maki is, she works in a lab and so she hates her job because she has to hide that sexy, illustrious hair under one of those lab hats yeah. to not contaminate any of the samples. Yeah, her long, shiny, beautiful hair is gonna get into the the cancer research that she does, or I don't know, I don't even know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't get the hair in the samples. Beautiful hair, but that's how you know she's a good person because her hair is so good she could make a lot of money being a hair influencer, but she has a um, passion for cancer research. Who wouldn't, you know? <laughs> 
it is funny to imagine a cancer researcher doing it purely as a job and they fucking hate their job. Like, yeah, I, I do cancer research. It's whatever. I guess it pays yeah. the bills. <laughs> so funny. Either way, thank you to our wonderful patrons who's donated thus far. And thank you again to just Adrian and Maki. Maybe we should, you know, maybe going forward, if you are a subscriber to our Patreon and obviously you're going to get a shout out, please include your pronouns because I don't want to mess with, I don't want that to be, you know, obviously I respect everyone's pronouns and it's very important to us that we get that correct. You know what's amazing? how one tiny action can multiply into big changes for the better. Take getting vaccinated. Today, everyone 12 and over is eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine. So say you get vaccinated today, then you help find a vaccine center for your neighbor, and she sends an appointment link to her best friend, and her best friend, well, you get the idea. Plus, now getting vaccinated is easier. There are more clinics, pharmacies, and pop-ups than before. That means more appointments available, even walk-ins. And all it takes is someone like you to help get things started. Let's get everyone 12 and older vaccinated against COVID-19. We can do this. Visit vaccines.gov today to find vaccines near you. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. All right, young me. How are you feeling? I am feeling... I am going to um, say that right now, what? so far, this episode seems kind of off. And I feel like it's because we haven't recorded in a week and a half. And I think the... Yeah. And I went to San Francisco. The chemistry is a little stilted right now. But well, also there's feeling? another thing. I have an update for everybody about my mental health. So I guess I'll start on this note. I, f okay. I feel like a few, it's, it's probably been like almost two months now. I mentioned that I saw a psychiatrist. You know, I've had all my life, but in the last year during quarantine, they got a little out of hand um, mm. because I have ADHD and, you know, obviously I had a lot of the symptoms and all my life I was like, it's fine. Right. Um, but then during quarantine, I think because of the lack of a schedule, my life in a certain way completely fell apart. And I'm going to be like very honest for a second. Um, there were a lot of things that I, I was doing that was very problematic that got a little out of hand that I don't even think I told you, Brian, like, I feel like I was drinking like a little, like way more than I should have been, which mm. was worrying me. And, you know, like I have like depression, um, and anxiety, but like a lot of that stems from like what I said, not having a schedule and being overwhelmed mm. by not being able to schedule myself. And I know that we had like a few arguments during quarantine about me having a hard time getting my work done or my responsibilities done on time for the podcast. Those are happening before quarantine, but I think they got way worse. And finally, I was like, I have to see a psychiatrist because I, I know I have ADHD and I know what try different methods to see if any of them work. Uh -huh. So I finally got, I got, you know, the diagnosis that I had was like, I think two months ago, but then I saw another psychiatrist and I got put on a Adderall, but I got put on a very, very low dose and it's uh -huh. like really 
changed my life. Now that you're prescribed, do you take it every day? I take it every day. I got prescribed like, I think it's like the lowest dose, which is like five milligrams. And I take half of that. So it's oh. extremely, like Very a, low. extremely small dose, but it's like night and day. Like, I don't know. Have you noticed a change in me recently? Like in the past <laughs> week? Or, why are you laughing? <laughs> I was going to make, I wanted to joke about it. Whatever. Um, oh, what? No, you can joke about it. Listeners, as you heard, Youngmi and I, this has been, we've, we've butt heads about this a lot where... Uh, I I felt like I would have to remind you a lot to get certain things mm. done, like respond to an email. And I, I, I remember the text you sent me. Well, actually, we got into this cadence where every morning I would just sort of send this to-do list for you. But then one morning, mm. you texted me at like nine in the morning and I saw mm-hmm. that you had responded to like 30 emails at 8.30 in the morning. And then you texted me and you said, hey, I finally saw a psychiatrist. I started taking Adderall. I don't know if it's working. And as I was reading through all of your email responses at 8.45 in the morning, I thought to myself like, oh yeah, this is definitely working. This is working. I felt like um, I'm used to it now. I mean, I noticed a change where you just seem uh, more focused, but I feel like now I've, I'm like used to it. I don't notice anything that different. I feel like in a way I, I almost felt like I had to say I'm taking a very low dose of Adderall, like just like, oh, cause yeah. it makes me feel like a drug addict to say that I'm on it, which, you know, isn't true. It's obviously helping me a lot. Um, yeah. But I have noticed that so what what happened before I took the medication was that the reason why I could never like respond to emails on time and stuff like that is that I would have this like, if anyone's listening and experiences this, you know, like I'm obviously I like to say things like this on the podcast just so people feel free to be open about their own mental illness issues. But like I, I would have this overwhelming sense of dread just to like looking at an email. Right. Yeah. And I just like couldn't do it. Like I couldn't open an email I couldn't check my mail I couldn't like check my voicemail um and my friend Jen whose podcast that I did uh she has a podcast about women who have ADHD and she said it's because when you wake up and you have ADHD you have like this like uh you have like a deficit of dopamine so everything from that second on has to like you're trying to get to like zero because you're like below sea level right Mm. And so everything that you're trying to do from the mo- from the morning on is like to make you feel dopamine because mm. you're at a deficit. And so it's hard. It's very hard to wake up in the morning when you have ADHD and then have to do things that are not going to give you dopamine. Like that just seems impossible because your brain mm. is like struggling already. Oh, so Does that make when sense? I send you... Yeah, so yeah. when I when I send you a text in the morning, hey, can you respond to this email mm-hmm. ASAP? That that does not give you dopamine in the morning. That, I, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is not your fault, Brian. But like that was ma- <laughs> this is not that your fault, make, Brian. That does not make you that, happy and gives you a reward. No. feeling. <laughs> I'm, no, when I'm I saw that, it would, it would it would like destroy my morning. I would feel so in a panic. 
Oh God. Like I would okay. like just get so overwhelmed and anxious when I would see your emails and then I just couldn't do it, which, which I then know would sounds exacerbate weird. the problem. Yeah. And then, and then another, I think another sign if, if you're struggling with ADHD is that in the morning you, because of the scheduling thing, you, you have a hard time being like, okay, I'm going to get up, brush my teeth, put my pants on, brush my hair, take my son to school. Like, it's just like, you don't have that kind of, um, organization in your brain. So you're just like, you wake up every morning and you're like, now what? Now what? Like that. <laughs> and then you get overwhelmed because there's so many, op- like so many like ways that things that you could do. You could like brush your teeth. You could have breakfast. You could go for yeah. a run. You could yeah. put your, put a dress on, put pants. Like there's too many options and you can't like figure out which way to go. So then you get very overwhelmed and then you end up like staying in bed for five hours, which is like what I would do. Jesus. Just that like sounds paraly- dreadful. paralyzed by choice, basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, I I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're on the mend now. Do you do? You, would you say so? You know, it was kind of a honestly. Now that I'm talking about it, it was like a big. It was kind of a huge deal because when I was talking to the psychiatrist, I had to do all these like questionnaires and like talk to her about like my day to day. And yeah. one of the things that kept coming up was, you know. She, one of the there's like a very long extensive questionnaire and, and I remember one question was like do you find that when you're working other people have to do a lot of things for you and then I just like that made me think of you and like I just realized every morning Brian has to wake up and basically send me a to-do list because if he doesn't I can't do it do you know what I mean and sure. I felt like really guilty and sad. And like that, that's how it is for me, you know, when, whenever I work anywhere, like even at the restaurant, like people would have to constantly like email me and like, like text me 10 minutes before meetings or else I just wouldn't show up because I would forget, you know? Mm. And it's not like I'm choosing to do that. It's just that, you know, my brain works a certain way. And it, it like during the questionnaire with the psychiatrist, I got really emotional because I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel really guilty right now. And I feel really like, I feel really bad. And she was like, no, it's okay. Like, this is just like a brain chemistry thing and you shouldn't feel bad. I know you feel really guilty and you apologized, but that was, that line of communication was the compromise. Because I, I remember we had these conversations and I stressed to you, I don't mind sending you these to-do lists. And following mm-hmm. up with you, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that it doesn't annoy you. As long as it doesn't annoy you, then I'm okay with it. Like, I don't mind yeah. sending follow-ups and asking you to do shit. And I get it could be micromanagerial, but I understand that you operate in a certain way. So if you need those reminders, I was okay with doing it. That didn't annoy me. My fear was that it was like bothersome to you. No, I, 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 and you I said honestly, it didn't. so yeah, that's kind I honestly, of like how we worked. I believe that you're okay with it, but I felt guilty. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels sure. bad. It's like, damn, like I, why can't I do this for myself? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah, believe yeah. I trust you, Brian. I, I believe you as my friend that if it bothered you, you would tell me, but yeah. I just felt guilty. Like, you know, mm. you know, like it's, I know I shouldn't compare myself, but like, you can't help it. Be like, oh, if Brian's co-host was somebody else, they wouldn't need this. You know what I mean? Like there's 
it's just like natural to think that way. I think. Damn. Well, you're like taking measures and doing the Finally. thing. I'm proud yeah. of you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, Brian. How are you feeling, Brian? I want to hear from you. My dear friend, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. This is the post young me ADHD treatment uh, era of feeling Asian where we refer to each other as my dear friend, young me. How are you feeling? Thank you for asking, Brian. <laughs> now, my dear friend, Brian, I'm going to return the question to you. How are you feeling? <laughs> Um, um, I'm feeling uh, good. I'm feeling good. (laughs) That sounded like a lie. Um, no, I want to say that I am feeling, um, inspired because last week I went to a stand-up comedy show. I've talked about it on the podcast before how my feelings towards stand-up have, I'm over it. I don't enjoy it that much, but I saw a couple of my f- friends who I had not seen since pre-pandemic were performing at a show close to my house, and I didn't have any plans um, that night, so I was feeling kind of in the mood to be social, and mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what's hard for me is showing up to social gatherings by myself. Cause I have this anxiety and fear that no one wants me there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, t- I remember texting you what you were doing that night. And then you told me to just go to the stand-up show and how it'll feel nice to see old friends that you had not seen since before the pandemic. Yep. And, uh, because of that, I decided to go and you were right. It was, it felt really nice to see, you know, familiar faces and catch up with everyone. But, um, I left feeling really inspired. I don't know. I, I've had this, uh, itch to start doing standup again oh. in my free, in my free time. I'll start. Yeah. I'm ready to ruin my life again. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Brian, is this the return of Brian doing um, standup? I just had a really great time and it was really nice just to laugh and see mm-hmm. my friends become so much funnier since I had last seen them. And it was really cool. I think I was observing this art form as basically like a spectator kind of. Because I have Mm -hmm. this podcast, the pressure of stand-up has kind of been lifted off of my shoulders. And so I could just Mm. exist and be there and enjoy it. Whereas when I was performing stand-up every night, it would become this weird competition thing and I would watch other people's sets like they're not funny that's such Mm. a that's such a hack joke I'm gonna do better than do you know what I mean whereas Mm -hmm. I kind of just went there with without any pretense it was more I'm bored and I want to see people Mm -hmm. and um it was it was a lot of fun and it inspired me. I went home that night and started writing and I think I'm going to start doing stand up pretty soon. Wow. You heard it here first. Feeling Asian. Brian's back at it. That's yeah. so exciting. I'm, I'm excited, and, Brian. And then I also saw this comedy special recently on Netflix. <gasps> um, it's by this comedian named Bo Burnham and the special is called inside. 
And mm-hmm. during the pandemic, he wrote, shot, edited a special all inside. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with Bo Burnham's work, he does musical comedy. So I would say in the first five to 10 minutes, it does feel a little bit tedious because mm-hmm. it's cute. You know, musical comedy is kind of cute. And then hearing a song after another song, it can feel kind of like, all right, now what, you know? But mm-hmm. it was, it's an hour and a half. It was so fucking good and mind blowing. It is phenomenal just how talented he is mm-hmm. that it's just nuts. It is insane. It is insane to think that there are people on this earth who have that kind of artistic talent and vision. It, it was, it's mind blowing. He's, he does everything. And so I told my friend that I would watch it with him later. So I haven't watched it yet because I've heard so many people saying yeah. that online. Yeah. So I'm it like is, excited. It, yeah. And but I left I, feeling, yeah. I left feeling very inspired is how I felt. Like what is so good about it? Cause I like, I hear like people saying how great it is and I like can't wrap my head around what I don't want to. I don't want to give out too much detail, okay. but yeah, um, just for, just from a skill set standpoint, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really remarkable because like a comedic skill. He lights himself. He shot everything. He did all the cinematography. Mm-hmm. He wrote all the songs. He edited it in post. Mm-hmm. He color corrects it himself, like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Usually with Netflix shows, you have a huge budget to pay for cast for lighting people, for sound people, for editors, except mm-hmm. he did this all by himself during the is course wrong, of a pandemic. Is it wrong that hearing this just makes me feel like shit about myself? And now I'm like, all I did was make three TikTok videos <laughs> no. and talk with Brian. <laughs> I'm a no. loser. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I felt yeah. that way too. And I feel yeah. this way when I, because it, it's somewhat, we're in technically in the same line of work as him. Yeah. You know, he, he literally has a song talking about how he's turning 30 and I'm like, you've achieved, achieved everything. Like your pro your project before this was directing and writing a movie called eighth grade, which got nominated for an Oscar. Like you, mm-hmm. you've done everything. You are, you are the elite of the elite of artistic expression. But I go back and forth because as I was watching, I i mean, at least you made three TikTok videos on me. I didn't write anything. I didn't even write a single joke. And meanwhile, he fucking shot and edited and wrote an entire Netflix special by himself. Do we and- think that he's on Adderall? <laughs> Is that? Because <laughs> I have answered some emails in the last week, Brian. Let me tell you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the missing However- link here was the Adderall. <laughs> I think there's two ways. Yeah. Of I th- I can tell that I my relationship to this artistic comparison has become healthier where mm-hmm. before and I certainly felt this way a little bit where I was watching it and I have this self-criticism of why do I even try when there's this person who not only is younger than me but so much more talented and everyone knows it. So what is even the point? That's sort of the negative thought that I have in my brain. Mm-hmm. That's one half mm-hmm. of me. But mm-hmm. then the other half, which I'm 
that I think rings more true to how I exist right now and why mm-hmm. this special left me so inspired is that if he can do it, why can't I? And mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be amazing, but just the pursuit of even trying is what makes it worth it, I guess. Yeah. Like I, the best I can do is like at least try, you know? Yeah. Like he's one person and he's able yeah. to accomplish it. So fuck it. Like my thing may not be as good, but who knows? Like might as well try. I have to say, you know, when I said that thing earlier, like, oh, when I hear somebody that has the same amount of, you know, it's like that thing, like a billionaire is the same 24 hours as you do. And like, (laughs) I know that's wrong because billionaires are corrupt and they didn't do anything (laughs) by themselves anyway. But like, you know, that when I get that old feeling like, wow, like we had the same quarantine and he did this and I did nothing. That's a very old thought for me. And I have to say, I said it sort of jokingly when I said it because I've moved away from that thought enough where mm. I I don't feel that sort of sad anger or like resentment when I see somebody else being successful that I used to like now right. I'm like now I'm like I will look at like my little thing my little like <laughs> my little, little art. cute me, my little <laughs> art that I do every day <laughs> My every day I take my little Adderall and do my little art. Um, I, like, I'll, I'll look at that and I'll be like, no, that's good and that's worthy. And it's not Bo Burnham and whatever the hell he's doing, but like, that's like, who cares? It has nothing to do with me. Like, other people can have huge successes next to me and it doesn't really mean anything for me and my art, you know? It doesn't like yeah. hurt it in any no, way. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Um, I'm sure there's people out there who hated that special, but they see your really? online content yeah. and they love yours. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not... Mm, it's I don't think like that's art, true. Art, but... is, <laughs> art is subjective. And yeah, I know, yeah, I, I know yeah. you well enough where you don't believe it's true, but think I remember when you first started making TikToks and mm-hmm. you you didn't think it was going to lead to anything you were just like i think i'm going to start making tiktoks like i think i could be good at it and now like for the right reasons you've amassed this following and people know you through tiktok but there's people out there who see your tiktok account and see your work and probably feel the same feelings of intimidation and self doubt when it comes to their own like yeah. comedic pursuits or like making video content you know mm. Yeah, I have to say that's, you know, like, I'm glad we're talking about this because that that was like my knee jerk thing that I said. That's an old feeling. It's an old reaction. It's like old muscle memory that I used to have. And honestly, after I said it to you, I was like, oh, actually, I I don't feel that way in a big way anymore. And that's like Mm. growth for me. That's personal growth for me as an artist and like a creative person, you know, that like comparison and like, cause that's a very sad, heavy, toxic feeling. Yeah, Thank you, Bo Burnham. Thank you for showing me that you're more talented and that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, Bo Burnham. Thank you for inspiring me and giving me new resolve every morning when I wake up and make my little art as in I send 10 emails between 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I did it. I sent 10 emails today. I am up there. I am. I'm an artist. I will say that my medium is... uh, Email, email replies. <laughs> Just as an aside, as an aside, yeah. uh, 
there was a there's an artist who sold an imaginary statue no. for tens of thousands of dollars. Legend. The, the buyer gets a certificate. And he said, the statue can exist in, there's no particular lighting requirement because it exists in your imagination. And it's literally the it. emperor's, emperor's new clothes. <laughs> That's the, literally the concept behind that, right? Legend. Legend. I'm, that person made that sculpture during quarantine. So you know what? Maybe we're too imaginary- hard on ourselves. <laughs> Could you imagine Was this explaining- person white? <laughs> Yes, he was white. <laughs> of, of course, a white person made nothing and sold it for tens of thousands of dollars. And that person's name is... dying at the thought of, you know, keeping my artistic thing secret from my parents. All they know is that I am an artist working really hard on a sculpture. And then I finally <laughs> show it to my Korean immigrant parents. And they're like, what is it? Look, mom, it's an imaginary sculpture. It exists it's in your imaginary. mind. <laughs> My parents would probably lose. Could you imagine showing that to a Korean mom? They would take you like, to the oh. <laughs> 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 would take <laughs> To the psych ward. <laughs> Sorry. We're not making not fun of mental illness. <laughs> that's what Korean parents would do. Not saying that that's nice, but... Oh my oh God. Man. Yeah. So you know that what? Is... Anyone listening feeling bad because they didn't do a Bo Burnham special during quarantine? You know what? <laughs> At least you didn't make an imaginary statue and use your white privilege to sell it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. At least, uh, not that. <laughs> well, so that's, that, that sums up how I'm feeling. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling inspired. My joke, I'm starting to write in my joke notebook again. Nice. It's a weird feeling opening up your joke notebook and then. Have you like read through your old ideas and no, you're just never. like, I burned why them. did <laughs> so embarrassing? I have one premise right now. I did do it at a show. Do you want to hear it? It's a very loose joke, but they, I, it did get laughs. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it on the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, it's a, <laughs> the joke is like, you know, like white, this is like when I was like having sex with some white guy that was like really like muscular and tall and looked very normy. Like he was like a financy, you know, like baseball cap like uh like uh Ar- arctics what's that brand arctics windbreaker wearing like rolex uh, like finance guy Patagonia, yeah, yeah. yeah and we were walking around together and like everybody like respected us and like walked out of our like moved out of our way on the sidewalk and i was like damn it's so nice being a fucking tall muscular white guy and um so i wrote this joke where i was like everyone thinks it's great until but I feel really bad for like white, like handsome finance guys because no matter where you go, you're the reason that that place sucks. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> like, you know, like you go to like a cool club in Bushwick, you're like, man, this is like some underground hipster club. This is the coolest club in New York. And then you see like uh, that guy, that white finance guy, and you're like, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like anywhere you go, like a cool like restaurant in the West Village, you're like, this is the hot new spot in New York City, and you see a finance guy, you're like, never mind, it's oh. overrated. The normies know about it now. <laughs> oh my god, it's a good joke, right? I'm gonna work it's, on it's that. It's good. It's good. I wanna. Okay, I'm. I'm also gonna share uh, an idea that I had yes. on this podcast, where yeah. so I joined LinkedIn like three nice. weeks ago. Um, yeah, 
I am a man in his early 30s who just joined LinkedIn. And it is a depraved, insane place. I mean, it is where all those aforementioned finance guys go to use social media sincerely as LinkedIn. Do they um, really use it sincerely? I have no idea what oh, LinkedIn is. It is it is not so. It is nuts. So people will write these long diatribes and it starts off as this really serious essay being like, after much thought and rumination, I did a lot of self-reflection. And after a lot of thinking and personal growth and realizing where my priorities lie in life, I am tremendously proud to announce that my next step in this journey is to become the account manager for a SaaS cloud-based <laughs> software company. <laughs> and it gets like a thousand likes and everyone's like, great job. But on LinkedIn, you can endorse people for skills. And normally it's really corporate businessy skills. So it'll be like, Young yeah. Me Mayor, Brian Park endorsed Young Me Mayor for growth marketing and I'll write something. But yeah. I feel like LinkedIn should include like more useful skills that you can endorse people for. So mm -hmm. for instance, I endorse Young Me Mayor for her ability to choose a restaurant to eat at in a group setting after three people in the group have said, I don't know, I don't care. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at that's that. Your, <laughs> that's your skill. <laughs> that's so oh, good. I'm, uh, saying that makes me want to crawl into a hole. We just did our bits on our podcast. Ew. We're embarrassing. Fuck. No, yours is good. We're going to work on it and you're going to see them <laughs> five years in our special. <laughs> that's how we work slow. Um, anyways, you went, so you went on your trip to San Francisco and I know that you yeah. wanted to touch on, do a little post-game recap of... Yeah. I mean, you know, away. we were talking about what, what we should discuss on the solo episode. And I thought this would just, you know, cause we do have a lot of guests. We almost always have guests now. And I feel like yeah. when we do our solo episodes, I was like, this, this could be a good way to just catch up on like, so all either feelings. our listeners yeah. are like, Oh fuck. Yeah. This is why I like listening to young me and Brian is because of these solo episodes or, yeah. Oh my God, I hate this. Please have more guests. Either way, it's a win-win. Shut up. <laughs> so I have, well, I have, um, I actually have like this big thought and idea. So I went to San Francisco. Um, I used to live there, right? Yeah. Uh, almost 10 years ago now, nine years ago, I moved to New York. Um, mm -hmm. And I lived there for seven years and I have a lot of very, good friends that live in San Francisco, like my core friend group, I would call it. And, you know, like, you know, like I've said, I started doing stand up like four years ago now. And it was a very hard shift. I know that most people that listen to podcasts have only known me as like somebody, a podcast or a comedian person. But before that, I had this like big epiphany in therapy where I, I've always wanted to be a performer and a comedian, but I never thought I deserved to do what I wanted to do with my life. So I was basically four years ago, I was just a very quiet, private person. I was a, yeah. like a caretaker for my ex-husband who was, you know, very well known. And I was like right. sort of in this role, I think that a lot of like cishet women fall into, which is taking care of a, a man or a family member, having mm -hmm. children, being a homebody, even though, you know, my parents are very liberal and sort of like feminist adjacent, open-minded people. And they didn't really raise me like that. I became yeah. like that because 
of my upbringing and watching their very traditional dynamic. This is, you know, stuff that I've talked about in the podcast already, but when right. that shift happened, I, th- I don't think I've ever really talked about this on the podcast. When that shift happened where I was like more of a traditional, like what you would think of as like a cishet woman in this society. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to not do that and just live for myself. Right. I There was a shift in transition and a falling out um, among a lot of my friends. And it, yeah, because they got into this relationship with me as a friend. Like that Um, version of you. Yes. On the Mm. basis of that, we were all sort of like on the same page and we all had the same sort of life. And when I, at one point I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to just live fully like how I want to live. Right. Mm hmm. That was very difficult for a lot of people because, and this is where it gets very difficult for me to talk about because I don't want to place judgment on other people. But my assumption and my point of view is that for some people, um, a lot of people that I knew that were in relationships or marriages, like I lost a lot of those friends because a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are in unhappy marriages And Mm. even though my marriage wasn't that unhappy, it wasn't working and I decided to walk away. And I think Mm. if you're in the same sort of same sort of situation and your friend doesn't and you can't do that or don't want to do that, you can't really be friends with that person anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I can only relate to it on a more surface level where Mm -hmm. I'm single, but I'm starting to have more and more friends who are married or have kids now and Mm -hmm. those friendships have kind of yeah they're almost like dissipated because we're just at different stages in our life whereas i think for you it's like yeah 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 it's it's interesting because i do have i still have a lot of friends that are married but what i've noticed is that they're in very very good healthy relationships where they love each other and it's like Mm. a solid you know and they of, of course they don't care about my relationship status because my marriage was never like their marriage to begin with. You know, it was just like sort of anyway. Um, but that also extends to the fact that I have like where I, I feel very proud of myself and like, I feel like a very good feminist because now I no longer do anything for the validation of a man or like to want to get in a relationship with a man like that's not Mm. my number one priority at all like i have a child i don't i don't want to get married ever again i don't really want any more children and even that is a little weird because a lot of people that are 36 year old cishet women they're like maybe they don't even want to but i think they're conditioned by society to feel like they have to get married or have kids at my age. Mm. And so that's kind of like a hard thing for me when I'm trying to make friends. There's all these things that don't fit with a lot of other people, but then there's a lot of women that are my age who don't want to get married and have never been married. Right. Um, Mm. And so the reason I bring that up is because I had a fight with my friend in in San Francisco Mm. and this is my point of view. And I'm very aware that she might listen to this. But in my point of view, she, you know, she was upset because I went somewhere with her and I acted like myself. (laughs) 
I was just oh, okay. like being loud, you know, saying inappropriate jokes. I'm a comedian. And at the end of the day, I'm at this point where I don't hate myself anymore. Like I, I used to be like, I used to go and like, whatever, drink too much and then be too loud. And then the next day be like, I'm an idiot or whatever. Right. Right. But I've done a lot of work, you know, in therapy to like love that part of myself. Like I, I, that's like an integral part of who I am as a person. I'm, I'm loud and nothing that I do in my head is inappropriate or bad. And she was like, well, you were like, your jokes are really inappropriate. And they, mm. I'm not to judge her like taste, but they, they just weren't inappropriate. And I felt very much like she was still in this place where she was performing for the male gaze. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there were men there and like, you know, it almost felt to me like you're kind of like, I was like arguing, you know, and being loud and stuff like that. And it very mm. much felt to me like, oh, I've left this, I've flown this coop where I don't give a shit if anyone here like likes me, I like me. And what I'm mm. saying is something I feel is true. Mm. So if all the guys, if none of the guys here want to fuck me, I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel in my head. Right, right, right. No, I and think, if, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I... Obviously, I'm hearing it from your perspective. I don't yeah. know the context. I don't know the details. I don't know what you've said. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, that uh, I think you have, I've seen like your growth and I think it is good. Like it's a hard mm -hmm. thing to love yourself mm -hmm. and embrace certain parts, like just embracing yourself and what makes you you. And um, I don't think you should have to compromise on that. But also mm -hmm. on the flip side, I will say that I think there is like, this is just me. I tend to err on the side of conservatism in this regard, where I think there is a certain time and a place for certain things where yeah. like, I'm going to use the most extreme example where like, yeah, if I'm at a baby shower, I'm not going to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to yes. like yes. crack these offensive jokes because yes. it's just inappropriate and it's more self-serving to me or there's been plenty of times where I've been on outings where I know that fundamentally we are just not the same types of people that I'm not gonna mm -hmm. be quote-unquote true to myself and just be like you guys are all fucking idiots I'm never gonna fucking see you again do you know what I mean like yeah yeah that's how I felt during the thing I was like I don't I don't care about any of these people here but like right. I just want to not I feel kind of like I feel like because I've struggled so hard to get to this place of self-love that I feel almost like the need to really defend myself here. This was mm. a drunken, like someone's yeah. crushing a beer can on their forehead, <laughs> like right, right. party. You, do you know what I right. mean? With yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah, yeah, of yeah. fucking like, like Dudes. head tattoo, eyeball piercing people. Do you know what I mean? It was like right. in fucking yes, California, yes, yes, yes. people were on fucking mushrooms. What the fuck? Well, it just sounds like you've changed since your time in San Francisco. And I think that, yeah, that, you know, that happens. You change fundamentally. You're not as close with certain friends that you used to be. But yeah, um, it's a matter. It's, it's best to just be who you are. And then you reach these inevitable outcomes. And it's a matter of like, okay, well, 
do I want to keep this person in my life and be respectful? Because that's viable. Or maybe yeah. it's just you've grown apart too much and maybe it's for yeah. the best, you know? Yeah. And it made me, I mean, the thing that made me sad was that it was like, this is what it reminds me of in therapy. You know, I had to do a lot of work to like sort of work through the internalized misogyny that I grew up with, with my parents. Right. My mom's entire life is like serving my dad, you know, and I had to do a lot of work to like break that down in, in me, like the same beliefs that I have inside. And right. once I did that, I was so obsessed with trying to teach my mom, which is very condescending, but like teach my mom to like meet me where I was because I'm at such a better place mentally. I don't live for the approval of a man anymore. And I had to like go through this really painful process in therapy because I realized she didn't want to be where I'm at. She, she likes where she is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of like, that's what it reminded me of when I saw my friend. Like she doesn't want to be fucking chaotic, chaotic in the streets, single person, you know, never wanting sure. to be married. I don't give a shit about men or whatever, whatever yeah. I, the lies I tell myself. <laughs> right. Like she's happy where she is. And I, it's not my place to be like, you need to be here with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sad realization, but it, obviously I have to respect other people and like their lives. It's not my, it's not in my control. Anyway, that's it. I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, even on this podcast, but I would say even in the beginning stages when we started this, I was pretty heavy in therapy and that feeling was so new and fresh where like expressing my emotions and if I feel it, I'm just going to say it and that's the truth of it and I'm going to be unapologetic about it and this is how everyone should live their lives. And I was imposing that on my family and being like, why are you repressing it? You can, you can, why don't you see things the way I do? There's nothing to hide as long as we're open and communicative. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's the best way possible. But I think... I've, I wouldn't say I've curbed myself from that, but I've kind of reframed how I see that kind of behavior in that. Yeah. Am I like misconstruing? I'm like, mis, I'm confusing authenticity and transparency for selfishness. Cause I do think that mm -hmm. is also inherently very selfish to try and impose your worldviews upon other people and like yeah. trying to change them versus like, okay, I, I recognize what you've done. I'm not going to be able to change this person. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep my thoughts to myself. I don't have to say everything that's on my mind as a vehicle for quote-unquote authenticity. Exactly. I'm not imposing the way that I think on somebody else, but I have to say it was very hurtful for me to hear my friend telling me that I was inappropriate. Like She was like, you yeah. were embarrassing me in front of my friends. And I was like, I wasn't, but okay. And then she, yeah, she was gaslighting me. She kept being like, everybody thought you were crazy. And I was like, everybody was fucked up. This guy was smoking out of a bong. Like I don't think anyone knows. Like, I don't, you know, it's so inappropriate when somebody says everyone thinks you're crazy. That's like classic gaslighting, you know? Yeah. And I'm really like. Fuck. That's yeah, hard though. Reestablishing my ideas of friendship, I guess. I'm just not ashamed of who I am at all. I just don't feel that way anymore. It's a yucky feeling. It took me years to get away from it. And I just don't, I just don't feel bad about who I am anymore. And if somebody doesn't like it. 
I don't care. Like, I'm just not going to hang out with them. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel so liberal. It, it was so hard to get to where I am, you know? That's all I'm going to say. But I also feel like now that quarantine's over, I think a lot of people are going to experience things like this with their friends. I think so, for sure. Yeah. Especially when you're coming into contact with people who, it's like that medium zone, you know? Like, yes, yeah. you were close friends, but you weren't seeing each other super frequently during the pandemic. And yeah. this was a hard time for everyone. And some people, you know, a lot of people changed. As we, Even in our comedy community, there's comedians who got jacked during pandemic. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the choice they made. <laughs> I did not. Who? How dare they? <laughs> I but have you know, to say, Brian, it. I you think you it, and though. I are one of the ones that got hot during the pandemic. Wow. Not that. Not that there's anything, you know, that's, that's a, wow. cut that out. That's mean. By hot, well, I, I mean, I, I got an Adderall prescription. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to keep that in. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Who cares? I'm not ashamed. <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. This is who I am. Okay, cut I just want to say like one of the jokes that she had a cut problem with was I cut met one out. of her friends at the party. And then she was talking about her dad. And I was like, I was like, Ooh, is your dad hot? Obviously a joke. And then my friend told me that that was an inappropriate joke. Okay. I'm so, okay. Oh, we all know young me mayor is going to make, is your dad hot jokes. Okay. Don't invite me to the party then. Or like on that business call we had. And I asked if we should make a branded only fans. <laughs> and I was like, ha ha ha, that's my business partner, Brian. <laughs> I'm proud of him. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of my friend. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I think that does it for us. That was, I, I feel good. I'm glad we did this solo episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm hope, glad. Thanks for letting I, me I hope talk. You're not, I, like, I hope you're not feeling yucky still and you were able to burn some of that residual oil off no i didn't feel yucky i was you know i like i said i don't feel bad about who i am like i'm happy with who i am and like i i you know i'm glad that i said (laughs) i and i also told my friend exactly what i said on the episode already i said i think that you were this is like unfair to me and i think if you don't like my personality which is this is my and you know it's i've been like this for a long time now you know Right. And what are, what are we going to do? I don't know. Right. Well, well, thanks for listening to me, Brian. Oh, of course. For our listeners out there, I'm still going to try and pitch the Feeling Asian OnlyFans collab. <laughs> you know people would be into that, Brian. I just want to say, people keep DMing me like, Brian is so hot. Leave me out of this. Just DM Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get any DMs. This is the thing. They feel you're apparently you're just more uh, you're more you have a more um, w- warm energy that where people feel like they can talk to you. They, I think they're trying to like make me tell you. I'm not gonna tell Brian who you are. You have to DM him. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, listeners, thank you for. Uh, joining us this episode. We have so many wonderful guests planned for you this month. So keep an ear out for those. And thank you again for your continued support of the podcast. Young Me and I have a lot of exciting things in store for you in 2021. And Young Me, where can our listeners find you on social um, media? 
YM Mayor and then TikTok and Young Me Mayor. How about you, Brian? You guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park and follow us on social media for our podcast page at Feeling Asian Podcast. And one quick shout out to our wonderful audio engineer, Sarah Pack. If you need a sound expert for your audio related projects, hit her up on Instagram at I am underscore P-A-K-T. That's at impact. And that's it. Bye guys. Bye.